has been a game changer for food and beverage retailers around the world, and they've had to change their regular business model almost overnight to think of new ways of serving people in their homes in order to bolster operations. But what impact has this had on businesses? Hello and welcome to Talking Property with CBRE, a podcast that provides information and insights to owners and occupiers of property all around the world. My name is Suzette Lamont, Regional Director of Client Solutions here in Australia and New Zealand, and I'm your host for today's episode. Over the next little bit, we'll be directly referencing how food affects the workplace experience and what you can do to get your workforce fed in these hungry times. Today, I'm joined by Susie Brain, founder and principal of Brain and Poulter. Thank you for joining me, Susie. Where do I find you today? Suzette, thanks for having me on the show. Today, I'm broadcasting from the little tiny hamlet of Burrowang in the southern highlands of New South Wales. It's a cold, crisp autumn day here, and regretfully, still, my local cafe is not open for me to be able to go and get a coffee. Oh, well, I hope you've had some <laughs> sense of caffeine in those veins this morning, Susie. <laughs> now, Susie, you are absolutely one of Australia Pacific's food gurus. You advise landlords, you advise food and beverage retailers, and you've worked with leading deliveries of these all around the world. Gosh, a lot has changed in office over the last few months, especially with the closing of many of our lobby cafes. Can you tell me a little bit about what has had to change in the selling of food during COVID and what do you think will remain? Yeah, good question. Certainly, as we start to think about re-entering into the our CBDs again too, what is that going to look like? For us, it's around a framework of what we call the PPE of F and B. So, what's going to change is P for protection. Food and beverage is such a high touch point experience. And now the customers are going to be coming back, the workforce is going to be coming back hyper vigilant about all those touch points where we used to blithely dip our teaspoons into the sugar pots and stir that into our coffee. We're going to be really freaking out about whether that's going to send us back home into isolation for another 14 days. So a lot of changes to be made by food and beverage operators in removing as many any touch points as possible, taking anything that we shared, be it an FPOS system, be it a menu, be it salt and pepper shakers, all those sorts of things will need to now be removed and alternative ways of limiting the contact in undertaking those things. I understand that they've had to really pull in their income from a whole lot of different ways as well, Susie. What are you seeing there? Yeah, Suze, that's been a major thing, particularly now as restrictions are being lifted, but with impositions of reduced customer numbers being allowed to be served, relying on getting your turnover back to where it used to be by just having tenants relying on dining isn't going to cut the mustard effectively. We've cut all seating areas down to a quarter of what they used to be. We don't want tenants to come back only making a quarter of what they used to in sales. So our strategy 
strategy and recommendations to landlords is to be looking to encourage the tenants to look for what we call seven streams of income, seven different ways of running their businesses, from dine-in to takeaway to delivery to meal kits to locally and homemade sourced products from events and live streaming, all sorts of different avenues to bolster where their income is going to come from in the future. Wow, that's a lot for a retailer to think about. You know, I'm thinking, yeah, thinking about my little local coffee shop, the mum and dad that serve the coffee, bake the bread, and now there's this huge expectation of them to also be creating online experiences. Um, If you were a landlord, what kind of advice would you give them at the moment for sort of resetting their retailers' expectations around this? Most importantly, it's not to get overwhelmed in all of this and not make it too complicated. So we've created a booklet that's got like the best practice examples we've been able to collect from all around the countryside where we're seeing some incredible, simple quick to implement ideas and that's the key if you spend too long trying to get this perfect you're going to miss the boat it's about reacting very quickly how can you create very quick posts very quick communication simply ringing ahead and ordering rather than even having to worry about a detailed web-based system is the way to get action and connect quickly with the customers in the here and now. So going back to our little lobby cafes, you know, feeding at some points in time up to four or 5,000 people in one building, they've mostly been put into mothball over the last few months. What would be their number one priority in reopening and re-communicating to their community that things are going to be okay and they can get that morning coffee that we all need? The number one thing is to manage your productivity. So the tenants have to find ways to get customers to be able to order quickly and collect their orders quickly with as little contact as possible. So whether that can be at every moment through the building, working with the landlord on how that's communicated, creating different pickup and collection zones around a building to limit the number of people having to go up and down in lifts to get their coffees. To some degree in my autumn walk this morning in my lovely little village of Burrowang, I was thinking about the old trolley ladies who actually used to push around the corridors of News Limited and places where I worked growing up. There is a time and a place to start thinking about some of those types of products and services coming back into commercial office buildings. It sounds like everything old is new again. Funny about that. (laughs) So Susie, um, I also live in New South Wales where you do, and I'm really excited. Restrictions are finally being eased a little bit. What is that going to mean for our retailers in terms of their productivity, as well as the overall customer experience? So we come back again here, Suze, to PPE. It's going to be so important to pee. Make sure you're protecting your customers, protecting your staff and communicating that very well. P for profit and productivity. So it's got to be looking at ways of getting customer spends up as high as possible. So maybe the introduction of fixed menus where we're getting a drink and a meal in a certain time period so that you're turning over those tables of 10 as quickly as possible and E 
standing for engagement, communicating what your offer is, your availability and the ways for customers to get in and out with you as quickly and frictionlessly as possible, PPE. Yeah, that's really sensible. I suppose for some of those really large spaces like the bars and hotels that hold thousands of people, will they actually be reopening with only 10 people allowed in each space? Yes, it's definitely going to be a challenge for those. Again, it comes to productivity. You know, we we allow about 1.3 square metres of space per person for fine dining, about one square metre per person for fast food outlets. And in pubs and clubs, it can be as low as 0.7.8 square metres of space per person. So anywhere where people were crammed in, it's going to be very difficult for them to come back productively in a dine-in situation. But they can still be busy with their takeaway and working on connecting with their communities. You know, we've seen pubs reinvent themselves as takeaway outlets, busting holes in their walls to have takeaway counters serving directly out onto the street and the outdoor areas and these are all opportunities to stay connected to the community and keep customer loyalty. In a lot of ways then it's a pretty exciting place we're in at the moment. I mean outside of the terrible pandemic and no one wished that upon anyone in society but we have actually seen some true innovation over the last couple of months so um, we expect to see it in the future Susie? Innovation has been my favourite thing that has come out of this pandemic, particularly for the food service sector that had relied so heavily on a very human, staff-heavy basis. And food and beverage operators are very kind and tolerant to all the office workers who used to sit over one coffee for one hour in their places of business. Now we're going to see some really strategic thinking about how to give customers a fantastic experience, but that's also profitable for the tenant and helps pay the rent. So new normal, what might it look like as we move forward after COVID? New normal is going to be a while off. We call this a semi-normal phase first, which is what we're about to enter into, where things are still going to be a bit tricky. It's going to be very strategic who survives and who thrives through this semi-normal period. By the time we get to new normal, a lot more automation, cash probably dead in the food service sector by that stage. Contactless ordering, which means a a change to the way dining rooms were staffed, most likely to be used by those more progressive operators and into the back kitchens where safety again and hygiene under scrutiny, certainly some automation coming through in that too. So think of robots making burgers at lunchtime. You could probably order it without even having to to talk to any human beings in that process. Yeah, I guess, though, what we're all really craving is to get back out into the world and be able to connect with humans and share a meal, something that we all adore doing. And one of the things I'm looking forward to doing is starting to really eat healthily. I think for a lot of us, COVID has seen a few kilos pile on. Is this something that is not just happening in my world, but perhaps a little bit wider? 
the home baking craze has been almost <laughs> impossible for the supermarkets to keep up with. Interestingly, for Asia, as they're reopening, a huge spike in an interest in health-orientated foods and a real desire to make a cultural shift into how they attend to that. Australia, New Zealand, we already have quite good health offers in our takeaway and dine-in sectors. So some of the indications so far are that, in fact, we're busting to go out for an indulgence <laughs> that hasn't been required to be made by our own hands. <laughs> so oh, so jury's good. out there, Suzette, as to which <laughs> way we'll see that land. I'm sure we'll be able to find each other and meet for a drink or a meal soon, Susie. So thank you so much for being with us today. That was Susie Brain from Brain & Poulter, Australia's leading food consultants. And I thank you for listening to Talking Property with CBRE. If you like the show and you'd like to find out more, please visit cbre.com.au forward slash talking property. Join us next time. Bye.